This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Welcome to Emergence News, a program brought to you by Share International Volunteers based in Christchurch, New Zealand, Aotearoa. Today's program is focused on the future, the promise of the future. In totality, we do not expect you to necessarily accept everything we broadcast on this program, but we suggest and encourage you to consider what is presented and use what information is useful to you. Now, to quote author Benjamin Krem, to the vast majority, this world is in chaos, characterised by war, flood and pestilence. Terror reigns in the hearts of millions, and many suffer grievously as a result. But behind the terror and the pain, there is a growing sense of hope that things will change for the better, that this period is interim and will not last forever. Joining me on the program today is Peter. Hi there, Nigel. Hi, Peter. About seven years ago, perhaps closing in on eight years ago, you were part of the original team that started broadcasting this program, Emergence News. Looking back, can you think of an issue that you were talking about back then, or forecasting back then, that is now emerging or has arrived? Um, Well, I I do think that um, we talked about the possibility of more chaos to come before we move into the new age. That's and right. I think we certainly have seen that. <laughs> Absolutely, Peter. Good observation. Mm, mm. And to use a buzzword, John. Oh, my God, that, a buzzword. Stand by. Yeah, a buzzword that the media employ regularly, which is the situation is confronting. <laughs> now, John, what issue were you talking about seven or eight years ago on this program that has now become for you incredibly confronting? The C word, Nigel. Corruption. Mm-hmm. And Maitreya and Benjamin Krem have talked about Mm. corruption since day one. And guess what? We are seeing it being uncovered on a daily basis. Car manufacturers, fossil fuel manufacturers, cigarette manufacturers, product manufacturers of all types, political corruption, financial corruption. Economic corruption. Economic corruption. Lies and deceit on every level of our community from those who hold the power and want it to remain the way it is. That's a nice segue into another quote from Benjamin Krem here. He says, Behind it all, behind the endless and mindless destruction, this world is emerging from a dark, dream-filled sleep, the awakening from which is difficult and traumatic in the extreme. New and powerful energies are stirring humanity into action as never before. And, as always, in such a situation, the first responses are mixed, 
chaotic and destructive, followed by a new and higher rhythm which gradually imposes itself on the whole. So what you're identifying, which is materialised right now, is a mess. Yes. Corruption. Of our our own creating. Mm. We're going to need some help, aren't we? Well, look, I've just finished watching The Sandman on Netflix and I've now discovered what the real situation is as we've been living in a nightmare for a very long time, and the Long, dream is... <laughs> longer than we, are, we admit. Oh, very long time. And the mm. dream is coming to an end, and we now are waking up. Humanity is waking up. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Maitreya the teacher. Maitreya, the world teacher for this next age, will offer practical solutions to our most pressing global problems. And both John and Peter have alluded to some of those problems already. Maitreya will point the way towards justice and peace. But first, we are about to witness profound changes. We are indeed witnessing some of these already. Profound changes in all our institutions and structures. Political and economic, religious and social, scientific, educational and cultural. These changes will take place as humanity grasps, stage by stage, its essential oneness. What what does that mean, essential oneness? What does that mean to you? Well, uh, if we relate to God, for example, um, God is one, I mean, and we are part of God. So everything that is, every atom, in fact, in the universe is part of that energy that we call God. It's just so profound if you think about it. So we're all connected. Everything. We, we influence each other. This is why we can say God is one, even though our planetary God is smaller, if you like, than our solar God. These are, they are both part of the one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're not separate. They're, although they are separate entities, just like you and me, but we are still part of, you and me are still part of the one, mm-hmm. the God. And so it doesn't matter how you differentiate it. Every atom in your, be- in your being is part of God. Mm. I like that. That sort of puts a big picture on things, John. And, of course, the problem we face is that we believe we are separate. Mm. That's and the great illusion, isn't it? That's the great illusion, and yeah. Krem describes it as the great heresy, the great crime, yeah. that because I believe I'm separate from you and Peter, it is okay what I do to you to maintain my separation. That is the crux of human behavior. And that quote that we spoke about earlier on an earlier program is, it's only business, don't take it personally, Mm. is the nutshell of you're separate from me. I can do what I like to you within the law as long as I survive. It's that belief in separation that is actually hurting us the most. It's very destructive. Mm. All right, so before I hand over to you, Peter, I'm just going to look at a couple of examples of the way forward as far as Maitreya is concerned. He recommends sharing the resources of this plentiful world by employing right relationship. Exactly what you're just talking about. Right relationship. Economic changes, which include the redistribution of resources among nations, food, raw materials, energy, and technological expertise. The principle of sharing will be forced on the governments by world public opinion. 
I really like that line. Yeah. That's Benjamin Kremer's yeah, yeah. best. He believes the principle of sharing will be forced on our governments yes. by world public opinion. There is no doubt that there will be opposition from those more privileged members of our society who will see in these changes, which must take place, a loss of their traditional status and power. But the need for change will become so overwhelmingly obvious that they themselves will find themselves increasingly powerless to halt the momentum. And I'll give you a good example of that. A good example of this forecast is almost every government in every country on this planet now accepts, albeit reluctant, reluctantly for some, the need to adopt climate change as an issue that requires urgent attention. Embodied in legislation, it's now actually becoming universally accepted. Mm. It wasn't the case 10 years ago when you guys first started this program. It wasn't the case three years ago. No. Do you mm. remember the, the absolute attacks that Greta Thunberg got? Oh, she, what does this she was 16 vilified. year old child know yeah. about the world? Blah, 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 from the old grey men in power. Well, um, we don't hear so much vilification of Greta Thunberg now because she was right. 1986 was the first report to the UN on climate change. The Greenies were right. Many of my friends have bagged Greenies for decades. They were right. They are right. We're now starting to wake up. Other examples of profound changes ahead will include a new approach to work, health and healing, political systems will need to change, of course, education that will benefit all young minds, also education in the laws of life. Science, including better transportation systems, better availability of energy resources. In short, appropriate housing, health care, education, food for all our citizens, and of course, restoring the environment. The promise of the future. First up, Peter, what are you going to be talking about in regard to the promise of the Well, uh, I just uh, had a look at the, the, um, the latest Share International, actually, Nigel, and uh, there's a great uh, thing in there on regarding um, the philosophy of um, humanity and that um, it's just incredible because it's uh, an esoteric approach to history and psychology. And he's taken it from DK's work, the Master Joel Call. Ah. And, um, you know, he's summarised a lot of his stuff there. So that's... Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be with you in just a moment, Peter. Looking forward to it. And John, how are you going to talk about the changes ahead for us? Well, you gave me that little quote, Nigel. That little quote, my job, Cream said, has been to make the initial approach to the public to help create a climate of hope and expectancy. If I can do that, I'll be well pleased. So I went with, who is Benjamin Cream? Who is this oracle that has been telling us this stuff? Look forward to you so doing I've done the a job. a wee bit of work on Benjamin Cream. This is Emergence News, and Peter, over to you. Thanks, Nigel. The well-being of humanity and their role in the plan of God. I was in the Botanic Gardens the other day. The spring flowers make a joyful connection with humanity. The fields of daffodils and the beauty of the magnolia trees in full bloom. The ducklings under the table in the cafe. Children taking photos of them and feeding them crumbs. (laughs) So much to smile about. In the Northern Hemisphere, the Chinese have mid-autumn festival and sharing of mooncakes. There's celebration in various places all around the world. But 
Of course, many places have dark clouds hanging over them, famine and war, and energy shortage. Where is our humanity going? What is our future? Is there no end to strife and disharmony? Where are we headed? So I was looking at the Share International, the latest one actually, and I came across a piece entitled Esoteric Approach to the History and Psychology. Psychology. The reference that he uses is from Alice Bailey Teachings. We have spoken of her before, and she was wrote all these down from the Master Jao Kool. He talks of four postulates. First exists an expression of an energy of life which is responsible for all manifestation. The second postulate, the one life manifesting through matter, produces a third factor, which is consciousness. And so you have the life force manifesting through matter, which is father is the life force, mother is the matter, producing the son, consciousness. It's the story of father, mother, Christ. The third postulate involves the unfolding of this consciousness in the revelation of the soul and might be called the theory of the evolution of light. Even modern scientists say that light and matter are synonymous terms. The fourth postulate is that all lives manifest cyclically. This is the theory of rebirth and reincarnation. The ageless wisdom teachings affirms that there is nothing but life moving in and out of form through endless cycles of birth and death. The unity of life endows all forms with consciousness and demonstrate the light of the soul within all forms through evolution, whether it is be life at a subatomic level, as such as atoms, or subhuman, such as animals, or superhuman, and all these uh, levels all have the, a degree of consciousness. Even atoms have a degree of consciousness. How does the electron know which way to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it has true, a level. It? It, it does its thing, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Each step towards God, awareness brings more light. And until all our bodies are vibrating at the frequency of light, then the task... When it, when it is all when we are all vibrating at this frequency of light, then the task is completed from the view of man, and he stands free as a master. From the point of view of the master, the journey has only begun. Deep within each one of us dwells such a light, awaiting the opportunity to shine forth. Within each one of us glows the potential of all cosmos. Within each, too, is the will to bring forth that light and thus make manifest the nature of God. That light and that will pertain to the soul and come into activity as the result of soul alignment. Seek, therefore, alignment with the soul and bring into manifestation the purpose of God. Search within and find the source of all knowledge and love. Reveal to the world the light of the soul and join the ranks of those who serve. The world stands ready for more light. The people everywhere thirst for new knowledge of themselves and of God. 
Because of this readiness, the Masters have prepared themselves to inaugurate a new era of light. Limitless opportunities for progress will be offered to mankind. Men will marvel at the discoveries which will open the door to mastery of natural forces. He will stand amazed by wonder and beauty thus revealed. He will know for certain the fact of God and his relation to that divinity and will enter willingly into cooperation with a divine plan. As Krem's master indicates, soon indeed will Maitreya enter openly the lives of men. He is well prepared and eager for the challenge which lies before him, and his courage will strengthen those who can respond. From this great heart will flow the love which is his nature to bestow, and when men are ready, he will declare his name and office. Thus will the great Lord manifest his close relation to men and women everywhere, and thus too will he fulfill the trust which men forever have placed with him. Thank you, Peter. The plan of God, it's a big subject, and we will revisit that in more detail in a future at a future time. All right, the promise of the future, that's what we're looking at today. That's the title of this program. And John, your job today is to talk about Benjamin Krem and who this, what did you say earlier? Who, who is this oracle? Well, we've talked about Benjamin Krem a lot, and I can't remember how many books he's written. Peter's at 14 books. Yeah, something um, like that, about the same as Alice Bailey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> um, he was a major editor for the Share International magazine. He's given hundreds and hundreds of talks and television interviews. So he's been this incredible conduit of information about the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, the avatar for this life, uh, this age, sorry. But he talks very little about himself. And Nigel, you gave me the heads up. My job, Krem has said, has been to make the initial approach to him, to the public, to help create a climate of hope and expectancy. If I can do that, I'll be well pleased. So I went to the Share International uh, website and typed in, who is Benjamin Krem? And got a couple of really good articles. Um, as I said earlier, Benjamin Krem did not talk much about himself. He didn't want to become the focus of attention. The story for him was the focus of attention. And in fact, when I sat um, and listened to his first lecture in the um, Christchurch Town Hall, as it was back then, Peter, in 1989, that was his opening. His opening was... I have done my job just by telling you the story. And that gave me a huge sense of relief, and I liked the man straight away. Mm. He wasn't there to preach. He wasn't there to tell me how badly behaved I was. He was just there to tell me a story. So I picked it up. So who is Benjamin Krem? Okay. He's aware that as a young child he became aware of the what he then later identified as the etheric planes. Some years later, through building and the use of Wilhelm Reich's organ accumulator, he became aware of this ocean of energy of which we ourselves are part. He then was able to prove to himself that this energy existed. And in fact, he became so energy um, sensitive that he could tell if an atomic device was exploded. 
he would feel it in, in the disturbance of the etheric energy field of this planet. And sure enough, some days later, there'd be, ended, you know, the Americans the or the Russian or the British would say, we've exploded mm. a device. So he once said, when asked why he was chosen, he said there was five chosen and he's the only one that took up the work. Um, he said that his energetic structure was built for um, this type of work. In other words, he he was built as a vehicle for the, ener- the energy that would flow through him uh, when he started this work. So he's got a really interesting story. He starts reading, and at 14 he says, I've read an extraordinary book, and it's with mystics and magicians in Tibet. And it was written by an Alexandra David Neal, uh, a French woman of Benjamin Krem describes her as having indefatigable courage, determination. And she has disguised herself as a lama and penetrated the forbidden barriers around that mysterious country. Now, this this is way back in the 1800s. So she's had to disguise herself as a male to get into um, Tibet and start practicing these um Tibetan Lama skills, right? So sometime later in the early 50s, Benjamin Krem starts reading a book by Rolf Alexander, The Power of the Mind. And Alexander, a Canadian, was called to Tibet and trained by a Tibetan master of yoga. And this book struck Krem because it talks about the power of the mind. So he's at a very young age feeling energetic. He's feeling some sense towards energy. He's then picked up a book this with mystics and magicians in Tibet. And then sometimes later, he's picked up another book which talks about um, self-hypnosis and controlling the subconscious mind to allow the conscious mind to free up. And he said, and so I began to meditate. He then moves into the Alice A. Bailey years. He's read and read and read. He's just consumed books, theosophical works, Blavatsky, Bailey, Leadbeater. He's talked about um, Paul Brunton, Patanjali, Alice A. Bailey, of course, Agni Yoga teachings. He's dived into Swami's Vivekananda, Sivaknanda, Yogananda. He's read Surama, um, Sri Rama Maharishi. Uh, and he's actually stuck there a bit. He said, the path of self-knowledge I sought to follow and started um, Maharashi's uh, meditation on who am I. And he now realizes that through the, the grace of his own master, who was working with him behind the scenes, that he experienced the phenomenal world, the earth, the sky, the houses, people, trees and birds, um, as to be himself. So he's had some opening. Mm. He's had an opening of his consciousness. And he's literally said, I disappeared as a separate being, yet retained full consciousness, a consciousness expanded to include everything, which is the point you were making, Peter, about losing that sense of individuality, but still being. That interconnectedness. An individual, yes. Mm. And he's, he's gone on to say, I saw that this was the true reality, that one's normal waking consciousness simply covers us, keeps it hidden through wrong identification with oneself as the body. We talked earlier about that identification of self, exclusive, not inclusive. Um, he also saw the phenomenal world as a kind of a ritualized shadow play. Now, he's also talked about how did I come to this work? And in late 1958, he was told by a fellow practitioner that he was receiving messages. 
um, but they were bouncing off me. And so this fellow practitioner said, if you do a couple of things, you'll start to come right. So that's the start of this work. Right, So he's been developing himself along spiritual lines, huge in- interest in Space Brothers, for instance, but then he's got the nudge. He's got the shoulder tap, if you like. And so he says, on one night in early January 1959, so clearly there was no mistaking it, I heard inwardly the, stru- the instruction, go to so-and-so place in London on such a date and a time, and on that night there will be people waiting to meet you. And so he's um, gone and met these people, and that's when this process of his has started. Right, so then he's been told to affirm his coming. He's been put through a huge training process by his master. Now, we don't know who Benjamin Cream's master is, but I've heard the word Tibet twice now already, and I've only been talking for seven minutes. Well, this, Do you think it's the Tibetan? It could be DK, I th- I'd say. It He'd would make been sense. Involved, it would make sense. He'd been involved with Alice Bailey and also Blavatsky. Blavatsky yeah. as well, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, but it could be the English master. Okay. Interesting. So he's done this period of intense training, sometimes 20 hours a day. He's been given transmission meditation, which is what we do and how we met. He's been given the messages by Maitreya. He's then told to start lecturing, which he does. He's, he's really reluctant. He's an artist. He's a private guy. But he throws himself out into the public work. And I think that was the hardest thing he had to do. He's then given Maitreya's public messages, which we now know as the 140 messages. So when you look at Benjamin Krem's life, there is this incredible process where he's come, he's come into the world with the gear, one of five, right? He's then put through a process that wakes him up, and then he's given nudges to the point where he forms a relationship with a master which opens him up and he is put through an intense period of training. There's still a few hurdles to go, but they've got him up and running, basically. They've given him this training, and he's then got nudge by step by nudge by step to do the work that we now know that Benjamin Krem has done, which has been that oracle for this new age. It's a Mm -hmm. fantastic story. Mm. All you've got to do is go to the Share International website and type in who is Benjamin Krem. It is a brilliant story. Message of hope. Message of hope. Messenger of hope. Absolutely. The job is done. The job is done. Well done, John. Thanks, Peter. All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.share-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website. We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com. Music.